Nobody outside. There was. What do you look like? The boogeyman. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Well, hello there. My name is Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome home to your Boo Crew. This is episode 349. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with us. Hope you've been enjoying your spooky season as it gets underway. Send us a DM over at, at Tales from the Boo Crew. We'd love to hear how you were spending yours, what you're watching, what you're doing, wherever you are at. We've been keeping very busy here at the Speakeasy Studio with a ton of incredibly fun conversations on the way that we're so excited to share with you. Like this one. One of my personal favorite places in the entire world is the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. A Victorian masterpiece that was the work of of Sarah Winchester, heiress to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company in the late 1800s, nine months after her death in 1922, it became a tourist attraction known for its size and architectural mysteries, including stairways that lead to nowhere, doors that open into walls, and 160 rooms, including one allegedly constructed for holding seances. It's considered one of the most haunted places in the world. It has been visited by people like Walt Disney during the construction of the Haunted Mansion for inspiration and Harry Houdini even. At time of release on select dates from now until Halloween, you can visit the house through the lens of a very spooky and special event being held there called Unhinged Nightshade's Curse, bringing you to a traveling carnival where food, drinks, and roaming sideshow entertainment are waiting for you before giving you a terrifying haunt adventure through the house itself. I was so bummed I missed this conversation as I am such a fan of the house and the 2018 movie. I was doing something extremely scary myself. Getting my passport renewed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to sit back with you and listen to Lauren and Leo talk to Walter Magnuson, the general manager of the Winchester Mystery House, to hear about all the amazing things they have in store for you this season. If you're local to California and want to add it to your list for spooky season or planning a trip out here or just curious about the house and haunted attractions as it's truly legendary. Episode 349 is the Winchester Mystery House. Now slaying. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Nestled in the heart of Silicon Valley, San Jose, California is an architectural wonder and historic landmark like no other. It was once the residence of Sarah Winchester, widow of William Winchester and heiress to a large portion of the Winchester repeating arms fortune. What started out as an eight room farmhouse soon would become the world's longest home renovation, stopping only when Sarah passed away on September 5th, 1922. Expanding to 160 rooms, 47 stairways and fireplaces, 2,000 doors, and that's just the beginning of its secrets and mysteries. In 2018, CBS Films and Lionsgate released the compelling horror movie Winchester, starring Helen Mirren and Sarah Winchester and Jason Clark as uh, Dr. Eric Price. Recognized as a top haunted destination by Travel Channel, a top 10 haunted place by Time Magazine, over 12 million guests have visited Sarah Winchester's beautiful home over the years. And as Sarah herself believed, it's been said by many that the house is haunted. 
in time for the Halloween and fall season is the South Bay's biggest Halloween haunt. And it's at the Winchester Mystery House this fall. Unhinged returns with an all new terrifying chapter. Unhinged Nightshade's Curse. Here today to talk about its newest event, we welcome to the show General Manager of the Winchester Mystery House, Walter Magnuson. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Welcome, Walter. Um, You know, for those uh, listening that may not know too much about the Winchester Mystery House, give us a brief history of, of the place. Sure. It's an incredible place with a really interesting backstory. This house started as an eight-bedroom farmhouse that was built uh, probably 1820s, 1830s. But um, it's most well-known for its most famous inhabitant and designer, uh, Sarah Winchester. And Sarah originally uh, came from New Haven, uh, where I'm headed shortly um, for a beautiful ceremony at her final resting place. She came here from New Haven. There's a variety of stories as to why, but um, the most famous is that she unfortunately had a series of unpleasant things happen to her and lost her husband and other family members and their baby just weeks old. And she felt uh, cursed, you know, just why are all these terrible things happening to me? And she sought out a medium uh, as many would do during that time. It was commonplace. It wasn't controversial or odd, you know, and uh, that medium advised that, you know, a lot of this karma is really hanging on you and uh go head out west and get into a project and find a home and start construction and as long as you don't stop you know you'll live forever and uh this home was purchased uh eight bedroom farmhouse by uh, from a doctor and construction started and uh it didn't stop from 1886 to 1922 when she passed. How many square feet was the original house? I was just curious. You know, we don't know the exact square footage. Uh, There's talk that um, originally it had many more rooms. We know we had a lot more property. She had four homes and had acres and acres of property. Uh, But there's talk that there was at one time up to four or 500 rooms. We have 160 rooms today and we're about 25,000 square feet today. So, yeah, that is the story of, of Winchester Mystery House. And we opened for tours shortly after her passing, uh, June 30th, 1923. So, Have there been any uh, renovations or expansions since uh, Sarah passed away? We have done uh, a number of uh, enhancements to, to the rooms in terms of restoration. Some of the areas of the home that were most earthquake damaged by the 1906 earthquake uh, for years, the tours would pass through those rooms and you would see the destruction of, of the rooms and they were in obviously very bad shape. Um, but in recent times, uh, while keeping some of those rooms frozen in time to 1906 as Sarah left them, we've started to sort of say, well, if Sarah were alive, you know, what would she have done um, if she had the time to focus on these places or before the earthquake, what might this have looked like? Because we could see a little bit of wallpaper here. We could see a little bit of a, a fixture here. So we have a, a very dedicated team. We have a historian on site and we have a lot of um, different resources. And we have done some really beautiful restorations, uh, mostly in the front part of the house, the front parlor area. There's two beautiful dining rooms that um, were in very bad shape and we uh, reinvested in them and 
did a very thoughtful restoration. So we, we try and try and do, you know, one of those uh, pre-pandemic every year, a little slower now. When you renovate it, is there a way to earthquake retrofit it? So- oh, yeah. Well, we are a Stark property, so um, there's only certain things we can do. We certainly can't, you know, rebuild it using modern materials and stuff like that. But we have a, uh, a comprehensive uh, strategic plan with our maintenance team in terms of, you know, obviously safety is a top priority. But as you know, you know, in California, there's no... Uh, there's no perfect science. I mean, you certainly have all the right protections in place, but um, we've been very lucky, I will tell you. And I've been here seven years, but in talking to the folks who've been here a while, this building has actually withstood a lot of the more recent earthquakes way better than more modern buildings that were built. So I'm, we're very grateful for that. What is known in the place itself? What is known as the most bizarre room in the whole house? Oh, gosh. Well, there's a number of rooms that... Um, because there, there were not detailed plans left, you know, we have to make assumptions and that's why Winchester mystery house. I mean, so much of it is unknown. So there's a number of architectural oddities that people have been fascinated about where, you know, stairs will lead into the ceiling or door will lead to a drop right to the outside of the home, you know, from the second or third floor. So people tend to focus on those in terms of the most bizarre room, Gosh, I don't know which is the most bizarre. I would say a popular one is the $25,000 storeroom, which originally had an estimated $25,000 worth of stained glass. And we still have some of the more beautiful doors that were not yet installed in the home there. And we have rolls of encrusted wallpaper and other furnishings that Sarah never got to actually use in the house. Coming off that room, you have a series of switchback stairs that take you up really the equivalent of like a floor, but you're going up like seven flights of stairs. Um, That is definitely one that uh, could have origins in the fact that she was such a tiny woman that was arthritic, but it's certainly one of the more bizarre features that I've never seen in any other home like that. And our guests certainly really enjoy walking in her footsteps up there. My favorite room is the one it's like, a witch hat and I went in there it's yes. circular and it was I f- it felt weird to be in there to be honest it felt very heavy and like yeah. something was in there you you're not alone with that uh vibe as a matter of fact uh James on Prague the medium was just here September 5th and uh he's done a, a number of seances and private walks through the house and that witch's cap that was not on the tour until we launched the explore more tour in 2017. It was only a place that tour guides knew. And we started taking guests there and James and other mediums and sensitives who have come, you know, it's, it's really such a remote area of the house where we thought there was probably little activity. All of them, as soon as they get to that third floor where it's a low ceiling and you're walking up to that witch's cap turret, they all felt the same thing, that there was energy, there were workers, there were seances, and um, also two children. Many times when mediums come, they feel like there's like a hide-and-seek happening in that area. So, yeah, you picked up on that. Many other people feel the same way. It's not necessarily a bad vibe, but a very heavy kind of, this is active. Definitely. What is your experience with ghosts in the mystery house? Have you seen any or felt any presence? Uh, definitely. I, I feel 
you know, first of all, if you're in a place with any history or that's old, they all kind of have an energy, you know, and it's like a good or a bad or so I do feel like this place has a good energy. And and the majority of people who come here feel that they don't feel like it's this murder dark cow. Like it's, it's, you don't feel alone, but you feel that energy. In my first few weeks here, I had, I was having a meeting in my office, which is a repurposed bedroom in the house. And, uh, I was suggesting that we fix something. I think it was a fence. And I said, we really, it doesn't look good. It doesn't make the property look good. So I really feel like we should fix this now. And it was like, almost like an exclamation point to what I was saying, my window slammed shut and, you know, could have been wind, could have been whatever, but it was so bizarre because it was just um, the swinging hinge window. It, it really was like a movie sound effect, like an exclamation point on what I said. And I was like, okay, I guess we fix that fence. <laughs> Since then, we've had, uh, I've experienced just sounds. I have been walking down halls where um, a door will creak open in front of me. And you wonder, okay, was that closed right? Or that was really an odd timing thing. It was literally as I'm walking toward it. There are times I'm here where other than security, I'm the only one on the estate. You know, uh, if we have a, a early morning media thing, or if there's something maintenance wants me to look at. And there are times I'll be in the home at, you know, three or four in the morning and you definitely hear someone walking around, but other than the security guard, we should be out front. There is no one on the estate. So I've had things like that happen, just sights and sounds. And, and, oh, and recently I had, it was a sense. We, we do put a few cents in the house that, come Halloween time where we do a more theatrical presentation where some of the themed rooms, you know, we have actors and things, as you know, so it's it's kind of less on the history, more on a show. And we will use a series of effects, including scents. And I had asked about a scent and a room and I went to that room the next day and I smelled it really strong. I was like, Oh, that's great. And I circled back with our tour manager and said, Hey, you know, good job putting that in there. And she said, Oh, we didn't put it in yet. And we walked over there and it wasn't. So I was like, okay, that's <laughs> surreal. But we've had a lot of guests and employees have those similar experiences. We have had ones that do have seen physical manifestations, you know, um, most recently we had a group here working with our marketing team on shooting some, footage uh promotional for the halloween event and they were using a child and the child was not in that area and we had a worker come up who saw a child in that area and assumed it was just for the shoot and commented on it and they said no 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 that we weren't up there at that time um that was just a few weeks ago so it's uh it's never boring i mean it's <laughs> you know, I've been uh, I've been really really curious about this. Have there been any mediums that have reported back to you or your staff about whether or not Sarah is happy with the state of her home? Yes, yeah. Thankfully, Jameson Prague did, which I've shared this several times because I was so happy to hear this when he was here a few years ago. It was the first seance we had had and uh, that we knew of since the seventies, and he said that Sarah did come through, um, that she's here often, but not all the time. 
And she's very, very uh, happy that people are still admiring her handiwork in her home. So I was, I was very happy to hear that, that, um, you know, that, that he believes that that was her energy saying that. So, um, yeah. The Boo Crew will be right back. Enter the house where Sarah lived and died. House of endless hallways, winding stairways, and a ballroom that was never used. House of 47 fireplaces, cold and dark, where fires burned long ago, or never burned at all. House of mystic symbols, and daisies trapped in time. House of windows, and more windows, 10,000 windows. House of secrets, where doors open to walls, where stairways lead nowhere. Winchester Mystery House, where the biggest mystery of all is why you haven't been to see it on Winchester Boulevard in San Jose. into upkeeping the mansion i mean because it's so old uh just keeping everything looking authentic but making sure that things are looking good oh there's a ton as i've said we have a small but mighty dedicated maintenance team uh we have a board of directors we have um tour guides and you know we call everyone really caretakers because they, they do care and we have such a passionate staff that that really really care about this place and want to make sure that it's being taken care of as best we can. So, you know, a lot of the rooms, they're so unique. It's not a cookie cutter kind of thing where you could just call a, a, a roofer or a, a, a plumber and just say, okay, go fix this roof. You know, we have to find skilled artisans that really know how you would craft roof shingles like that, or how you would get, Lincrusta that's been rolled up for 150 years to relax so you could actually mount it. So we, we have a strategic plan. Sometimes things come up that change that plan. So if we notice that there's, a, I don't know, a leak or damage that we didn't know about. So a tremendous amount of the ticket revenue we get goes right back into the upkeep of the mansion um, because there's so many things that need attention because it's a, an older historic home, you know, like, like anything else. So, uh, yeah, so we have a multi-year plan. We are flexible as things come up and, uh, we put a lot of money back into this place. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah, we can. Oh God, we could talk about this house forever. There's just so, so many amazing mysteries and, and wonders about it, but let's get to the event here. Let's talk about the unhinged nightshades curse event coming up. Tell us uh, a general overview of the event. Well, we're real excited. Uh, it starts September 30th and uh, 13 nights. However, we have added three already because there's a lot of demand. So a lot of the marketing still says 13 nights. We're doing 16 nights. And, um, it's real interesting because I, I, I have the privilege of going to, uh, you know, a whole lot of conventions and, and mixers and going to a lot of other Halloween themed events throughout the course of the year. 
And the trend this year is definitely, you know, kind of more family friendly and, uh, and daytime and, uh, or not doing it at all. Unfortunately, there's been some folks who have canceled just due to COVID and labor and, you know, all these challenges that everyone's having, but we, uh, we listen to our guests and we do a lot of guest surveys and obviously we just talk to them when they're on site too, but I really try and better understand, Hey, we try and do something a little different every Halloween. Uh, a lot of our audience is more local and they really love coming every, that's their tradition, you know? So what kind of experience do they want? And, you know, a lot of them just say they want to be here at night and be in the house at night. But, um, a lot of them really were pushing for, <laughs> kind of more scares and more of a, um, haunt experience at night. You know, they realize daytime is history and, and Sarah and everything, and you don't want to touch that, but at night they really want to be scared and they really want something with characters and with actors and all this sort of thing. So with this, uh, we are attempting to offer our scariest, um, experience to date. One that, um, is really going to be terrifying and, and not really geared to family friendly. Although if you have a brave little one, I'm sure they would love it. But, and we also have more than one route through the house this year, um, which we have uh, not traditionally done. And it's, it's really come together uh, incredibly well. We activate the whole estate. So, you know, as part of the, the story, Madam Nightshade, she comes about every so often and she's sort of this mystical, ethereal leader of this carnival, but she's been around a long, long time. And um, she uh, gets the owners of Winchester Mystery House to agree to set up her carnival on the estate and the beautiful grounds. And um, it's, it's sort of late, late 40s uh, time period. And uh, as soon as she creates this midway in this carnival, a lot of strange things start happening both outside and inside. And so the, the whole estate is going to be kind of activated in a way that's never been done where, you know, when you arrive, you're going to be immersed in this incredible carnival with this sideshow and this spookeasy and moonshine and all these characters doing these bizarre acts. And then you'll find your way into the house. Wow. It sounds so cool. How long did it take to plan? I'm sure you hear about it all the time, you know, we always say November 1st, which is true. I mean, it really takes so much planning and I'll tell you even now, before we have even launched, we're already thinking about next year. Cause as you know, I mean, with the, all the challenges the pandemic had brought and, and we have weathered the storm. We are open seven days a week. Uh, guests are coming back. We, we have a lot of our staff back. I mean, we, we are doing so well and we're so happy and, proud and privileged, but in terms of planning, strategic planning, I mean, if you want to put on an event, you have to plan so far in advance and secure all the resources, the product supply chains, everyone hears about that. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to put up a prop or a wall or any sort of fabrication, it can be a 12 to 18 month lead time for some of this stuff. So we plan a good year in advance for Halloween. Uh, and we try and have everything, baked by uh probably five or six months out i mean everything kind of locked and loaded what we want to do and then there's vip tickets right that allow you to get 
through the event faster? You can go on different routes with VIP. Can you talk? Yes. About the yeah, you'll get to, so you'll get to go on two routes and you'll have expedited access. And I believe you also get a nice credential. And I think uh, what's interesting is in our pre-sales, uh, the VIP tickets, which we have fewer of, are actually selling at a greater rate. So clearly, a lot of guests do want to have a very scary night, and uh, they don't want it to be over that quick. I mean, they want to hang here. Because if you, if you do the VIP, you're probably going to be here two and a half, three hours uh, at a minimum, because there, there are the two routes through the house, which each one will probably take an hour. But portion, large portions of it are self-guided. So for some guests... Um, who knows how long they'll be here, but there's so much going on on the estate and you can hang out. It's not like you're ushered out. So if you enjoy your experience and want to go to the stables and have a drink or continue to experience the midway, you can do that. So yeah, we're, we're real pleased with the VIP opportunity and a lot of people taking advantage of it. And then the, you know, it's, it's a, I'm a planner. So if it were me, I'd be buying my tickets now too in advance. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh plan out my season very early. I'm one of those planners and I like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're going to go do this on this weekend, but yep. I would definitely pick Halloween night for the Winchester mystery house. Yes. It's Halloween night sales. And uh, I think it's a Monday this year, but Halloween night and the weekend of Halloween. So 29th, 30th, 31st, that always sells. Um, a lot of guests want to secure their date right there. You know, they, that's, they're all about that. It's gotta be that date. And a lot of our guests are the same way on Friday the 13th, which we typically do flashlight tours. They, they have to come on that date and it's a tradition for them. So um, yeah, very special. Wow. That's great. You know, I was, I was curious for this event, are there uh, immersive elements that tie into the house's storied history or is a place mainly used as a haunted location for its original story? Well, so we're very careful about that. Um, we are under a spotlight, as you know, and we have a, a lot of people that are very devoted to the house and its history and uh, Sarah Winchester. And, you know, they take that very seriously, as we all do. So we try, even though Halloween, we're very clear, this is sort of a theatrical show and it's an event we do for locals and we have a little fun with the season. We try to be really careful with blurring the lines with the actual history, you know, because legitimately there's the Sarah Winchester story that has a lot of odd things. We have a lot of strange things that have happened here to guests and employees over the years. So we try to keep it a little separate where Halloween is fiction, you know, focused on sometimes it has its roots in certain things that have happened, but it's, it's more show. And we try and stay away from sort of the Sarah Winchester narrative because we don't want to, even if we try and make it clear, it it may blur the lines a little bit and we try and keep it separate and respectful. So it's more the house as an attraction and as a venue. And then the story is that Madame Nightshade came here. It's 1949. The house is open as a tourist attraction. So Sarah is not really a part of, of the nighttime experience. And then there's food and a spook easy bar. Yes. There's a concoction called moon sh- uh, moonshine, which I, I have not yet tried, but it looks, <laughs> it looks incredible. It is a, a big part of the story and uh, you will be able to just try it. And we have a, 
Sarah's Stables, which is, if you have not been in, are super cool just because, you know, it's horses were once there. It, it, it almost looks like a, a themed environment that like Imagineers built because it looks so good and all the props are there, and, but they're, but it's all real. It's her stuff for, to care for her horses. So we're going to leverage that space uh, for a special, um, you know, food and beverage experience where you can go and get a themed drink and, and there'll be some entertainment around. Um, so we think that's a really cool, cool vibe. Um, and there will be, you know, a very cool themed menu. So if people are here for a while, plenty of time to grab a bite to eat, have a drink or two. Um, I know I will be. So there's, there's some really creative uh, drinks that, that you will, you'll be able to try. How much of the property in or around is being used uh, for the event? Uh, almost all of it. Uh, the front gardens will not have that many entertainment elements, but we try and keep the entire estate open because there are a lot of our guests that before or after the experience, they just want to get a picture in front of the house, especially at night because it's, it's so incredible and Instagrammy and, you know, so, um, the majority of the estate will be active, but the front gardens will probably just more be a photo op. Um, but the area by the foreman's house in the back and the stables and that whole area will be the midway area, which again, we traditionally don't activate to that level. So yeah, I would say 60 to 70% of the estate will, will have a lot going on. As a haunt enthusiast uh, out there who are listening, what advice can you give them about attending this event? Well, I would, uh, if it were me, you know, I'm like you where I would want to secure Halloween, but I think coming on the earlier side where it's a little less chaotic and a little less crazed, I think that might give you the opportunity to take your time and probably, um, appreciate all the details in a deeper way. I, I think as exciting as it is to come on Halloween night and it is, there's so much going on. There's so much energy and so many people that I think sometimes if you really, especially if you're an aficionado, you want to take in every detail, I would recommend trying to get in, you know, on the front end and allow enough time. I would say allow enough time to really take it in and, and not be in and out, you know, because you can really sit and enjoy the midway and take it in and have a drink in the stables. You can take some pictures in the front of the house. There's a lot to do. So I, I think just really blocking that you're going to have an incredible night in one of the most iconic locations on the planet and, and really just uh, roll with whatever happens. Cause it's, it's going to be a, <laughs> a roller coaster ride. As we wrap up here um, next year will be a hundred years of the home opening up for public viewing. Are there any big events planned and is there any word as to when that will begin? Yes. Well, we uh, officially kicked it off September 5th with a life celebration for Sarah Winchester. And uh, we worked with the city and actually got September 5th declared officially in the city of San Jose as Sarah Winchester Day. And we did a beautiful proclamation with them uh, that morning. And we had a ceremony where our, our guests and employees were allowed to leave memories and flowers and notes and ways that Sarah inspired them. And that was just a beautiful day. And it ended with James on Prague doing a, a private seance and tour through the house. So that was sort of the, the kickoff to our centennial. And uh, we obviously have unhinged as we've been discussing. And we have a lot of big plans uh, for next year in, in terms of tours and events. And we're sort of trying to make announcements every few months, but we have a lot of stuff cooking. 
we're listening to a lot of our guests in the terms of what they want to do. And uh, we're going to have a lot more to share, you know, real soon. Yeah, we can't wait. This is so exciting. And so the event is uh, called Unhinged Nightshades Curse. Tickets are available now at winchesterunhinged.com. And we want to thank you, Walter, for your time. This has been truly wonderful. Uh, This is a place that we're excited about all the time. Definitely haunt season. Check it out. It's the place to be. Thank you so much. Yes, we'd love to have you. Come visit anytime. And uh, we're we're very appreciative for uh, your support and interest because it's uh, a tight-knit community. And, um, you know, just, just really appreciate your efforts. So please come visit. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 349. Special thanks to our guest, Walter Magnuson, general manager of the Winchester Mystery House. At time of release, experience unhinged Nightshade's Curse at the world-famous Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California on select dates from now until Halloween. WinchesterUnhinged.com for tickets. I always got to make sure to pronounce that E-D. It gets lost because I've got a lazy mouth. Thank you so much for making the Boo Crew part of your Halloween festivities. On behalf of myself, Trevor, also Lauren and Leo, till next time, this is the Boo Crew saying sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye! A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew, for horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full-cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy for disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.